Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the Haunted Estate. Hello, my friends of the podcast. Guess what day it is? It is October 14th, and you know exactly what that means. We are almost halfway to Halloween. Sorry, I did not post an episode last week. It was a crazy week. Everyone was sick. Dogs were sick. Family was sick. I was sick. Appointments, appointments. Oh, good lord. But I am back. I am here, and I am for you. And darlings, I must say, I am running out of content. I haven't gotten enough stories, enough calls, and this podcast, I bring it to you because I need your help. So if you can please call in your story at one 260 write it in on the website, and I really want to ask, most of all, please go to iTunes and rate our podcast. really helps us get noticed. So please enjoy this, the seventh episode of The Haunted Estate. Have a story, topic idea, or an article you think we'd find interesting? Let us know. Call us at one 260 3428 Yes, I'm sorry, it's October. October has me so happy, and I am just in a splendid, splendid mood today. I got a wonderful email actually from a guy named Ryan who is in law enforcement in New Orleans and I just like getting emails you know you don't always have to send a story he really just sent a lot of really cool topic ideas and how he loves the podcast and those are the kind of emails that just makes everything worth it Thank you to Ryan's amazing ideas today. I will first be going into the history and then the haunting of the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. The history of Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Waverly Hills Sanatorium sits on land originally purchased by Major Thomas H. Hayes in 1883. Major Hayes was in need of a school for his daughters to attend, so he started a one-room schoolhouse that was located on Pages Lane. He hired a woman named Lizzie Lee Harris to teach at the school. Her love for the tiny, tiny school, in addition to her fondness for Scott's Waverly novels, prompted her to name the schoolhouse Waverly School. Major Hayes loved the name and chose to name his property Waverly Hill. The board of tuberculosis hospital kept the name after purchasing the land and opening the sanatorium. 
Originarily, Waverly Hills Sanatorium was a two-story frame building with a hipped roof and half-timbering construction that began in 1908 and opened for business in July 26, 1910. The building was designed to safely accommodate 40 to 50 tuberculosis patients. At the time, tuberculosis was a very serious disease. People who were afflicted with tuberculosis were isolated from the general public and placed in an area where they could rest, stay calm, and have plenty of fresh air. Sanatoriums were built on high ground surrounded by peaceful woods to create a, sen- a sen- ugh, oh, that word, serene atmosphere to help the patients recover. Tuberculosis was becoming an epidemic in Valley Station, Pleasure Ridge Park, and other parts of Jefferson County in Kentucky. The little TB clinic was filled with more than 140 people, and it was obvious that a much higher hospital was going to be needed to treat those afflicted with the condition. Because tuberculosis was so extremely contagious at epidemic proportions, those living with it could not be allowed to live and exist among the general population. It was not known at the time that tuberculosis was an airborne disease. Waverly Hills was a self-contained community, a city in itself, complete with its own zip code. Waverly Hills had its own post office, water treatment facility, grew its own fruits and vegetables, raised its own meat for slaughter, and maintained many of the necessities of everyday life. Everyone at Waverly, patients, nurses, doctors, and other employees had to say goodbye to everything they knew in the outside world. Once you went to Waverly Hills, you became a permanent resident on the hill. Oddly enough, despite the fact that many patients received visits from loved ones on visiting day, when the visit was over, the visitors left. Waverly and ventured back out into the community. The massive collegiate goth-style sanatorium that you see in the 1926 photo, which I will be posting on thehauntedestate.com, remains standing on Waverly Hill today. It could accommodate at least 400-plus patients and was considered one of the most modern and well-equipped facilities at the time. Constructions of the sanatorium began in March 1924 and opened for business in October 17, 1926. The facility served as such a tuberculosis hospital until 1961 when the discovery of an antibiotic that successfully treated TB rendered the facility obsolete. It was closed down and quarantined then renovated in 1962. The building reopened as Woodhaven Medical Services, a geriatric facility. Woodhaven Medical was closed by the state in 1981. Working to restore a historical gem. A wondrous medical breakthrough in 1944 was the discovery of an antibiotic that successfully treated and cured tuberculosis. Thousands would no longer needlessly have to die. Medical equipment slowly moved out. The halls gradually emptied. Its patients, doctors, and loving caretakers were gone, but never forgotten. Over the next few decades, Waverly Hills would fall into more dark times. Vandalized. Damaged. Nearly condemned. Previous property owners had no desire to maintain the building's luster, and did little to stop people from slowly destroying her. It is sad that a place that displayed such a vital role during this period of history and medical discovery was not only over, but disrespected. But in 2001, Waverly Hills Sanatorium was purchased by the historical and paranormal enthusiast Charles and Tina Mattingly. 
Since then has been many changes and improvements to the building and surrounding the property. Charles and Tina continue to work tirelessly and devote their lives to restoring the historical gem that is Waverly Hills to its once amazing splendor. Some paranormal history of Waverly Hills Sanatorium. One of the most prominent haunted hospitals in the United States can be found in, Lu- in Louisville, Kentucky. The Waverly Hills Sanatorium is to believed to be the one that manifests many different types of ghosts, spirits, and many other paranormal manifestations. The place also makes visitors feel the history of the hospital, where many people were very sick, mistreated, and even died. It's been told there were about 63,000 patients who died because of the disease or through the unusual treatment methods being used by the facility. Waverly Hills Sanatorium has a tunnel more popularly known as the Body Chute. This tunnel was initially intended for the movement of materials used in building the hospital. This eliminated the very long trip up the hill where the hospital was located. The tunnel was eventually used as an alternative passageway for the dead bodies of patients from the hospital, down the tunnel's exit and out at the bottom of the hill. This was done so other patients and other staff at the hospital would not see that someone died, or that there were numerous bodies being transported, and this was why it was called the body chute. Quite a number of stories about Waverly Hills involve the body chute and the ghosts and shadows that haunt the tunnel, and the doctors who opened up the bodies of the dead patients and drained them. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now... All you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Other examples of Waverly Hills stories involve ghosts of a nurse who were working at the hospital. And one of the most famous concerns room 502. People claim to have seen the ghost of a nurse in uniform in the room, some saying that the ghost tells them to get out. It is said that the body of a nurse who had hung herself was discovered in the room. Many of the tales surrounding room 502 say that the nurse killed herself because she found out she was pregnant and was not married, and that the body had been in the room for quite a while before it was discovered. There is also a story of another nurse who committed suicide by jumping from the top of the building after working in room 502. No one knows why she did this. Many stories about Waverly Hills have to do with shadows, doors closing on their own, ghostly spirits that roam the fourth floor of the hospital. This area is considered one of the most haunted places in the hospital. There are also stories about the third floor of the building involving a little girl with a face that has no eyes. Because this, there are many stories of a young boy who is said to be playing and bouncing a ball. 
There are many other Waverly Hills stories about ghosts and other explainable events and experiences that many people have experienced when being there. And this is why it's one of the most famous haunted locations in the United States, and why many people want to visit there to see if they can make stories of their own. Some documented paranormal events. The main entrance. Here, the ghost of an old woman has often been seen. Sometimes she runs out of the front door. Her hands and legs are in chains, and spectral blood drips from her wrists and ankles. She cries for help before she dissipates into thin air. The third floor. Many have seen a little girl on the third floor who is known as Mary. Some say that she plays with a ball. Others have only heard the ball bouncing on the floor or go down the stairs. This ball bouncing has also been attributed to a little boy, but the little girl seems the spookiest. One witness said that she encountered a little girl who wasn't normal. She kept saying that she has no eyes. He was so terrified that he refused to enter the building again. Some have seen the child peering out of the third floor windows. Room 502. The nurse's station is perhaps the most notorious and frightening room of all. Supposedly, people have jumped to their deaths from this room. Others have seen spectral images floating in the windows and heard disembodied voices say, Get out. The story goes that in 1928, the head nurse was found dead in the room. She had hanged herself from the light fixture. No one knows why the 29-year-old woman would take her own life, but it's believed that she was unmarried and pregnant. It's unknown how long her body hung before she was discovered. The county coroner's office attributed her death to suicide. In 1932, another nurse who worked in room 502 supposedly committed suicide when she jumped from the balcony of the roof. No one knows why. In addition to hearing voices on this floor, witnesses have seen a full-body apparition of a female nurse in a white, in white, and has reported that room 502 gives them an unsettling feeling of great despair. The roof. Some have heard children chanting verses on the roof, such as "Ring around the rosy," but why would spirits of children occupy the roof? You ask. When the hospital was a tuberculosis facility, children were taken to the rooftop for heliotherapy, a treatment of exposure to supposing healing sun rays. The Body Chute What is now called the Body Chute is actually a 500-foot-long tunnel that leads from the hospital to the railroad tracks at the bottom of the hill. Deceased patients were sent down the tunnel via gurneys to a waiting hearse. This was done so that the patients wouldn't see the hearse or the bodies in order to keep the patients at a moral high. Concrete steps line the side of the tunnel where the other side consists of a motorized rail and cable system. Voices are often heard along the eerie passage. And shadows have been seen. Cafeteria and Kitchen A spectral man in a white coat and pants supposedly roams the area. No one knows who he is, but some think he's an old employee of Waverly Hills who who contracted tuberculosis and died. The smell of food often wafts from the kitchen when there's no meals that have been served since 1982, when the mental hospital was closed. The fourth floor. 
Some regard the fourth floor as the most scary and active area of the hospital. There have been many reports of ghostly, shadow-like people treading the halls. In addition, doors frequently slam for no apparent reason. Other oddities. A guard saw a floating head in one of the rooms late at night. He screamed and rushed downstairs where he passed out. He was so terrified that he never returned to the sanatorium. Many people have also reported that they see lights in the building at night, although there's been no electricity in the building for many years and no glass to reflect light. A security guard once reported that while he was outside, he'd seen what appeared to be the distinct flicker of a television screen on the third floor. He went upstairs to investigate, but found nothing out of the ordinary. Troy Taylor, the Louisville Ghost Hunter Society, investigated the building in 2001 and captured a strange photo of light burning in the stairwell where there were no lights. See that photo and many others here, and as I said, I will post the link to this article in the blog section of thehauntedestate.com. In addition, this man got several very odd readings from his EMF reader, a piece of equipment that detects disruptions in electromagnetic fields that are often associated with hauntings. Do you have a story or topic idea? Please call and let us know at one 260 34 and leave us a message. Or email us at selena at thehauntedestate.com. That was so much fun. I have a lot of fun learning about haunted history. I know there's a lot of people like that. On thehauntedestate.com, if you click on blogs, the newest blog post will have all the links to all the articles that I got my information today. I will also add a couple links for some images, some personal accounts, some YouTube videos, some documentaries about Waverly Hills. I know that that is what I'm going to spend my evening doing, scaring myself so much. I would like to, again, thank Ryan for your topic idea. His topic ideas will be featured in the next few episodes of The Haunted Estate. And now, a personal story from Henderson, Texas. Hi, I'm a listener from the small town of Henderson, Texas. I've been experiencing the paranormal for as long as I can remember, so I've gotten used to experiencing the footsteps from upstairs or the voices in the next room. But this encounter brought tears to my eyes. I was sitting on the sofa in the living room, facing the door to the room that my dad calls the cave. It's a room that's kept dark where we'd watch movies, kind of like a cinema room. Well, my stepmom called me on the phone to chat while she was on lunch during this time. I was staring at the door when suddenly a transparent misty ball went into the room. I immediately told my stepmom about it. She was silent for the longest time, so I repeated myself, thinking that she didn't hear me but she assured me that she did. She had been watching the security cameras that we have throughout the house for her lunch to wait and see if she saw her sister Susie, and that I was told who I I had most likely seen. Now, her sister died years ago from cancer. She asked where I saw this mist. When I told her, I could hear her choke up. She went on to tell me that the reason she was hoping to catch a glimpse of her sister was because today was Susie's birthday and unknowingly to me since I was in college at the time of her passing. She had passed in the cave. When doctors told her that she didn't have much time left, she stayed at our house, and the only way she could spend time with family and friends was to watch movies, so she stayed in that room. 
Hearing that I had actually saw the spirit of a family member brought tears to my eyes. Thank you for letting me share this experience with you, Dallas. Thank you, Dallas, so much for your story. And I have had a couple stories written in when about family members. Of course, ghosts are people who have passed, and most of the time they're family members. But it just, it really is a gift, and it really makes you question the other side, and if they're aware, and if they know that we're wanting that, and for her to somehow coincidence i don't really subscribe to coincidence i've said that before but for her to know that her sister was probably watching from somewhere hoping to see her and that she was able to do that for her is just it's really a gift in itself and and that's the other side of haunting that i like like there are scary hauntings like we just went into the waverly hills like if you go on youtube you find a lot of terrifying things that have happened but when you hear stories like that a white light traveling around a room where they had passed away it's just it really is. It's, a, it's, a, it's the beautiful side of the paranormal world. Thank you very much for sending in your story, and please feel free to share more. We need your help. Please rate us on iTunes. Your rating really helps us get noticed in the paranormal community and higher on the list on iTunes. This is really the show of thank yous, isn't it? One more thank you that I would like to shout out on the website, thehauntedstate.com. There is a little donate button that I had never really mentioned. And I actually got a $25 donation from someone who listens to the podcast. And believe it or not, podcasting is not free. Um, There's website costs, bandwidth costs, telephone number costs. But I do it because I love it. If you want to give a donation, that is fine. I want to keep the podcast free as it's something that I love to do as of now it's still affordable but i would just like to say thank you you know who you are and now a story from grace and darling on youtube check her out at youtube.com slash grace and darling last year i went to college in richmond and i had a negative experience in the dorm i did make a video about that you can go watch it but then my roommate and i had a falling out they ended up moving out and i ended up getting a new roommate and i didn't really want to get close to anybody else after that experience so kind of just moved out i left most of my stuff in the dorm but i moved in with my boyfriend pretty much basically slept at his house every night for the rest of the semester most of the houses in richmond are very very old because richmond was the capital of the confederacy during the civil war so there are a lot of antebellum and even like postbellum houses like pre-civil war so they're very very old and still standing his house was built i believe it was built around 1910 maybe a little bit before who knows it was a very nice house it was renovated it was very small and it had a basement a main floor and an upstairs and the stairs to the upstairs were terrifying they were incredibly tall incredibly narrow and very 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 steep i do have a picture of them but i don't have it developed so i will show you guys if i ever get developed i'll probably post it on twitter or tumblr or something so let me say i don't think that there was a concrete entity in this house but whatever was there was a very negative energy uh or a lot of negative energy also i want to mention that my boyfriend dj is the the stereotyped horror movie fan skeptic uh <laughs> he loves scary movies so much that's actually how we got together pretty much he loves scary movies and anything horror and is fascinated by anything paranormal yet does not believe in it at all he is the stereotypical guy 
in the horror movie that dies last after watching all of his friends die. DJ's roommate was very much like me in the fact that we both believe in both energies and another spiritual world. We did talk quite a bit about our experiences and shared experiences and stuff like that. So there was one night in particular where DJ was at work and me and DJ's roommate were sitting in the living room and we were just like watching TV and talking and he was telling me about how he thought there was something in the house and asked me if I ever felt uncomfortable and I said yeah well yeah I didn't want to mention it so I asked him what happened to him in the house I don't remember the exact story but he said there was one specific night that he and his friends were sitting uh, in the living room and they heard something from the basement I think and they went to check it out and there was nothing there but he said that the vibes in the basement were so bad that he made him and his friends like sit down there so that they could feel better but he said that the entire time he just felt really uneasy and um, so they left and that that's the best way to explain just uneasiness I never felt threatened but I, I felt very une uneasy very often it always felt like there was someone watching like someone just standing in the corner and watching and it did feel more masculine I don't think it, like I'm saying again I don't think it was like a spirit I don't think it was a physical person who was stuck and died and stayed there but it felt like male energy in a place like very domineering male energy one of the worst places was in the basement but the very worst place that I felt the most uncomfortable with in the entire house was the stairs and that's kind of hard to avoid because the house was so small that the living room was tiny and basically the only thing besides the living room on the main floor was the kitchen and just the stairs the stairs were that's all you saw when you came in the door so there's really no way to avoid the stairs no matter what time of day it was um, if you started to go up the stairs it always felt like someone was standing at the bottom and watching you go up and as soon as you got to the top it was fine um, you could look back as many times as you want I I even got to the point where I would walk up the stairs kind of sideways so I could watch the bottom the entire time to make sure that no one was playing a trick on me or standing there. It was just, it was terrifying. I can't, I don't know. I've never felt that scared of a physical place in my life. Strangely, I feel like it would, if it was a person, I feel like it would follow and move around with you, but it didn't. It was always in that one spot. I never felt uncomfortable upstairs, just going up the stairs. It did escalate to the point where I'm not saying it was caused by it but it is such a coincidence that it happened one night it was kind of late and DJ's roommate was going down and he somehow fell all the way down all of them and cracked his head open and we had to take him to the hospital and there was blood everywhere and um, it was just so strange because we had both talked about the stairs so many times. So onto the actual experience part of this video. This can be medically explained. However, I believe it to be paranormal. One night I was sleeping and so was DJ and I slept near the wall and he slept on the other side. So it was really late in the night and I often talk in my sleep but I have never had any experiences with sleepwalking, with sleep paralysis, with night terrors. I hardly ever have nightmares. I never have nightmares. I can't even remember the last time I had a nightmare. This happened about four or five months ago. I had this very vivid 
dream of a spider. Um, but it was a very large spider, probably I would say about that big, and it was completely white and transparent. Also, I should mention that I'm not afraid at all of spiders. I've, I've never, I let them walk on me. Like, I have no problem with any kind of bug except the stink bug. I don't like stink bugs. But, um, spiders are fine. Bees are fine. I've never been scared of spiders in my life, so this just doesn't make sense to me. So, I'm in my dream, there was a big spider about that big, and it was completely white and completely transparent. And so, I w in my dream, I was standing, and I was watching the spider walking around on the ground. And then, um, a very tall, large, broad-shouldered, I can't say it was a man, because it had no physical, like, parameters. It, w he w it was very, like, billowy and, like, cloudy. But, um, this man reached down and picked up the spider and held it out to me. And I remember his hands, he was just holding it like that, and I was leaning over and looking at it, just looking at it and stuff. And then he started to kind of go like that, and like squeeze it, sort of? Um, and then I was confused in my dream, and he just all of a sudden went like that, and the spider jumped on me, and jumped in my face. And I started trying to get it off, and then in my dream, um, the man sort of started to become the spider. I don't know how to verbalize this, but I've never been this scared of anything in my life. And um, so I started having a sleep paralysis. And it wasn't like what I've read on the internet, where it just feels like you can't move at all, but you're awake. I couldn't move my arms and legs. But it felt like something was pressing down on my chest and holding me down. And it was just really, like, scary. <laughs> it felt like something was pushing on my chest and holding me down. And I started screaming. And DJ woke up. And he started grabbing my arms and, and trying to hold my arms down. Because he thought I was having a seizure. And I was telling him... He was asking me, are you okay, are you okay? I said, yes, yes, I'm okay, but I can't move, I can't move. There's a spider on me. And he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, there's a spider on me. And so, there wasn't a spider on me. But, I felt all the breath go, go out of my chest. Because it felt like such a pressure was pressing down on me. And I could move my arms and legs and I could see and I could speak. But I couldn't, I couldn't get out of the bed. It seemed like all of a sudden, at once, all of the breath came back into my lungs and I felt that weight shoot off my chest and over into the opposite corner of the room away from me. And it, it literally felt like something had picked me up by the legs, like by the ankles, and physically dragged me all the way down the other side of the bed and onto the floor. Like, there's no way I could have done that by myself. It literally felt like someone had yanked my ankles and just thrown me across the room. And I had all these rug burns on my legs. And DJ 
came and was like, are you okay? Are you okay? It was just a nightmare. I was like, I think I just had sleep paralysis. And he was like, yeah, I think you did too. Like, it's okay. Let's go back to bed. And I was like, yeah, that's like perfectly like normal. It's medically explained. I still felt really weird and bad about it. And I did watch all these astral, astral projection video things. I tried to learn more about it. It's just hard because none of my experiences match any of the things I've read about sleep paralysis. So I'm wondering if that's really what happened or not. Um, the next day I called my grandma because I always call her whenever I have questions about like spiritual guidance or things like that and I was describing the situation to her. Uh, I am severely, severely anemic, I bruise very easily, also I'm very pale. Um, and I was sitting outside on the back porch talking to her on my cell phone and I remember looking down at my legs and seeing all these bruises and I was like, okay, I, I have all these bruises but I don't know where they came from. and. Usually, like, I will look down and I'll have, like, a bruise or two, but I, I'll be like, oh, it's, like, no big deal, it's just a little bruise, I'd probably walk into something. I had, like, eight or nine bruises on each, like, of my shins. It was just a very strange situation. It just felt very draining. I don't, I'm never gonna go back to that house, I don't think. So that's good. It seems like every time I walk in there, it's just, like, a little bit toxic to me. Um... I do want to stress one more time, I don't think that there's a spirit in there or anything, um, but whatever is in there, it could be something scientific, something natural, but whatever is in there is negatively affecting me. If there is something in there, it doesn't like me. <laughs> um, that instance was just very traumatizing and though it did happen four months ago I do remember it very vividly I have heard a lot of things about it um, that it's the first stage of astral projection I will never try that because I don't want to mess with it have you seen insidious um yeah I will not try that but I've heard that it's that pull out of your body uh, the like mind body disconnect stage or whatever and uh, I've also heard that it is linked to like alien abduction like UFOs, but I don't really believe in that either. I don't believe in aliens, um, in, like, the little green men kind of alien abduction test subject kind of sense. Uh, I've also heard that it's paranormal, so I don't know what I believe. Um, that is my scariest paranormal experience, just all those things combined and Big thank you to Grace and Darling. I love finding stories on YouTube, and if I really love them, I ask the YouTuber if I can feature it on the podcast. It really seems like she knows what she's doing. She seems very educated in the topic. And as I said, I don't believe in coincidence, Grace. Grace and Darling. So what you believe, you can tell by the look on your face that she believes that. I will have the link to this video also in the blog section of this episode, which I don't know what I'm going to call I think it's going to be ghost stories or like Waverly Hills Sanitarium slash ghost stories. They seem like if you put ghost stories in there, more people tend to find it on iTunes. And again, please, if you don't mind, go to iTunes. Give me some stars. You know, you don't have to give me five. But like, if you like it, you totally can. <laughs> so, my lovely dolls, this is all for, I'm pretty sure it's episode seven. Yeah, episode seven of The Haunted Estate. And I will see you next week. Hey, you should call us. I swear, it's just an answering machine. You can call us at our toll-free number, 1-877-260-3428. Just stop by, say hello, 
Tell us a story. Have you wrote a short story? We'd love to hear it. If you don't like the sound of your own voice, like me, feel free to email us at selena at thehauntedestate.com. That's C-E-L-I-N-A at thehauntedestate.com. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.